Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to infuse your life with joy. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. I just love the creativity and passion that drove my guest forward in pursuit of more celebration and joy in her life, and you know how much I love that around here. It's going to be so good, and I hope that you're open to this too. She's all about actually infusing your life with joy, quite literally, and especially in tiny ways. I agree with her, and that's why it is such a worthy pursuit. I can't wait for you to meet her. And speaking of little bits of joy, I'm having the best time these days gardening, but in tiny ways with my hydroponic garden set up in my kitchen. I've been planting seeds in little starter boxes and then transplanting them. Lettuces, kale, parsley, cilantro, oh my, that sort of thing. It is this time of year that is definitely uplifting. And I know you agree if you're in um, the Northeast or any place that has like a real winter that is jarring and annoying and miserable. Some of us think that. I know not all of us. (laughs) But there is more light, better weather, just more fun. And I do have this hydroponic thing in the kitchen, which is really delightful. Mine comes from a place called justvertical.com if you want to check it out. I know I've talked about it on other times in the podcast. It is just so, it's so beautiful. It kind of looks like a piece of furniture and I just, I love it. I love it. So I'm into it. We do garden all year with it, but right now, like I said, we've got skylights in the kitchen and it's just sunny and great. Okay, I just wanted to share that. But just quick, there's two other things I want to tell you. First, I want to make sure you know about a free gift that I have for you called Top 10 Questions to Reimagine Your Life After 50. It's a great way to get you thinking about all kinds of things that'll help you get unstuck and going again. All you have to do is head over to www.susierosenstein.com forward slash 10 questions. That's one zero questions, 10 questions, and download it there. And second, I have a new opportunity to tell you about. I have a new sister podcast coming up soon. It's called Women in the Middle Entrepreneurs, and I'm currently looking for guests. So if you're a woman in the middle who's 50 plus and also an entrepreneur or business owner who is actively dealing with navigating around and through classic midlife related obstacles and challenges while you're trying to run a business. I know it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot to get the sentence out and it's a lot in real life then this new podcast is especially for you. So if you're interested in learning more about how to be a guest, head over to www.midlifeinterviews.com and apply. There's lots more information there so you can see if you're a good fit for this show. Okay, my friend, let me introduce you to my amazing guest on the podcast today. As I mentioned, this episode is about infusing your life with joy. My guest today is Martha Berlakis. Martha is the founder of Storied Goods, a celebration business that creates infused sugar cubes for cocktails, coffee, and tea. Having received a Master of Education and a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Nonfiction, she's an author, speaker, and mother of three young adult daughters, the oldest of whom has autism. 
Her southern accent was born in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and she currently resides with her family in Virginia. She speaks candidly and with humor on being an entrepreneur, feminism, challenges facing mothers of children and young adults with disabilities, raising neurotypical siblings, and how to laugh and celebrate in the midst of it all. I have a feeling you're going to love meeting her and learning from her story just as much as I did. So please enjoy this interview. Hi, Martha. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to have you here because let me tell you, it's not too often that I receive something in the mail and all of a sudden I am giddy with glee. And that is exactly how I felt when I received, oh, I have it in my hand. It's making a little noise. That's how I felt when I received the rose petal sugar cubes in the mail in a present, a gift box from uh, a coach friend that you know, Susan Hyatt. And it was a tea related gift. And this was the last thing I pulled out of there. And I was floored with how creative and beautiful and, you know, how you made something so ordinary, something so delightful. So I I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, I have to know who this lady is because <laughs> what kind of a mind thinks of this? <laughs> that is so kind. I just, I love hearing that. I love hearing that our products made you giddy. Oh, I was giddy. giddy. I I was giddy. That's for sure. All right. So what I want to do is talk to you about, you know, where this idea came from. And like as a woman in midlife, I'm really curious about what was going on for people in their 40s when things tend to get all funky, you know? So tell us a a little bit about what you were doing in your 40s. Very funky time. Um, They're all funked up. So what was going on for you in your 40s? And then we'll move along to how you tuned in to uh, signs and messages and thoughts that you had about what it is that you really wanted to do. So what was uh, going on? I love that. So the 40s, uh, way back in the 40s, <laughs> what it was a funky time for me. Um, yeah. We have three young adult daughters and the oldest has autism. And so I have always been um, the primary caretaker. My husband's job has always provided the health care. So um, somebody had to be at home with her and do all the therapies and all of that. So that had always been me. And I loved doing that. There was a lot about that, that I've always loved doing that. And she's taught me so much. And then we have two neurotypical daughters. So I also did all their things. And I started feeling really overwhelmed. And I know that's something common for women in their 40s. Just all feels like so much. And I'll tell you, Susie, I was in a, I had a a real crash moment literally and figuratively. I was in a Target parking lot and Hannah was with me and she was very prone to tantrums when she was young, just kind of unmanageable tantrums. And I uh, just bumped a car in the parking lot 
And in that moment, and Hannah was crying and I had bumped into this car and I left the parking lot. I could not even face getting out of the car, putting a note. I just couldn't face it. And it turns out that a cop had seen me and he came to the door. He followed me home and came to the door. And I really crumpled in that moment. I just thought, I (laughs) something's got to give, something's got to change about the way my life is going and the lack of attention that I am giving to myself. So I started, it was perfect time to start therapy. Um, So I started therapy and started working towards my own selfhood and how that selfhood could exist within this complicated family. And um, so the the work I did during that time led me to want to get my MFA. I've always loved writing. And um, so I did. So I did a, a part-time residential program and just started writing, started writing nonfiction and ended up turning this experience with Hannah up to that point into my thesis. So, um, wow, you know, I have to say, though, that even you allowing that desire to come through enough that you noticed it, writing in particular is amazing because that was... That was a pretty intense moment and and moments like that had probably been happening for a while that you didn't really even fully appreciate how it was all building up. You're so right. You're so right. All the uh, smaller moments that weren't that physical and that, you know, palpable. Yes, it's true. Uh, but I I think I really didn't have a choice. It was almost like my soul was saying, you don't have a choice here, but to listen to me. Mm. And I think writing was the only way at that point that I could start listening. Well, again, you didn't just start writing. You enrolled in a program like an MFA. That's not, you know, that's intense. (laughs) That is true. But I think like a lot of women, We feel like, and particularly, um, I had not, I had been a school teacher. And so I had not been in the workforce. And so I think there's always for, for women, there's that guilt, like, I need to do something with this. I can't just do it for the creative exercise. I have to do it. So I have to write a book and I have to sell the book, you know? So it became, um, that was sort of what led me into an MFA. I also think I've always been one of those, uh, women. I have my master's in education too. like get the degrees, get the degrees, get that validation from Mm. external places in order to feel validated, which I've since Given that up. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting how this focus for you, it was creative. It was helping you connect with yourself, which had been completely lost. And you really needed it. And probably it helped you have a structured way of getting out of your house. Yes, that's so true. Yes. Just even going for there, they were, it was a, five day, you'd go like every semester for five days and stay 
on campus and do the program. And even that just, you know, being able to sit down and have dinner with other people in the group and all that was just a huge, it was a 180 shift from what my life had been. Wow. Wow. Okay. And then, then there was some stuckness, some other stuckness that came along. (laughs) And when I asked you about it in the pre-work here for the prep for our interview, you said that your initial funk was related to money and finances. So what came up for you about all of that unpaid labor and everything going on in your family? Susie, <laughs> this is the thing. I tell you, um, I just, it, it just hit me over and over. I felt again, there was that guilt for not contributing financially. And I had started along the way. I had always had small baking businesses. Baking was always one of the skills I could do with Hannah um, that taught her things. And there was something fun in the end that we could both enjoy and the whole family could enjoy. So I'd always kind of done that, but never any substantial contribution for income. And I was just doing all the things. And Mark was working hard in his job too. So it wasn't like he wasn't doing anything, but just like you said, the unpaid labor for going to, you know, speech therapy and occupational therapy and and doing all that stuff. And so I really felt mad. I felt so frustrated that I had never made more than $25,000 a year way back when I was teaching school. And I just, I felt it was anger. It really was anger that there was, I was within this patriarchal system and, and there was nobody else to take care of Hannah. And it was frustrating. And I wanted to be able to do things for myself. And I wanted to be able to go out to eat easily and not have to worry about every cent. Um, so yeah, you also describe that you don't regret any of the choices you made. Not at all. Yeah. And there are days I talk with this about, I talk with a lot of people about this. Of course, there are days when you think, um, I one day was in the kitchen. We had a kitchen you could look out on this little deck and I, all the, the girls were out there and I'd set up easels and they were all three painting one day. And I was in the kitchen and I just thought, I just have this beautiful life. I have a really beautiful life. And Hannah asked for more blue paint. And I said, Hannah, hold on just a second. I'm doing something and I'll bring it. And she said, well, shit, I need it right now. And I thought that right there says it all. You know, I've like picture that I had this like gorgeous life, but it's also complicated and it's not fluid and it's rocky. And that is all that it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I, um, she still teaches me so much. She lives in a group home, not far from us still teaches me so much. Um, 
of course, as do our other two daughters, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. She has really made me face a lot about myself that I wouldn't have faced any other way. Oh yeah. And teaching you about love and acceptance, I'm sure. Yes. And being, being loud, Hannah is very loud. She has no problem taking up space in the world. And part of my realization about myself, although I can get loud and very laughy, I have always had a problem taking up space in the world. I've always felt like I needed to stay as small and as quiet as possible. Hmm. And Hannah has been the greatest teacher for that. Wow. She just doesn't care. Just go ahead and be loud. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love that. So I have three boys. I'm from a family of five girls. And Ah! I never imagined I'd have boys, but I definitely (laughs) think it's easier for me. I'm a better fit with boys. (laughs) Amazing. I That's love so that. As I'm Why walking. do you think you're a better fit for boys? Um, I think because they're more direct. Yes. In yes. general, broad sweeping generalization. Of course. You know, but also- I just think yes. when I think when I think uh, you know, being immersed in a family of women, and then yes. when I think about times that we had disagreements and we had some conflict with my kids, it was just an easier path forward because of the directness. Oh, I love that. And, and I'm sure growing up, so you said in a five girls yeah, with that, you grew up in your family and, and you think about the socialization of, of everybody and the, all the females just to not say it, to not say what you need. And it does make it difficult. It does. There's a lot going on, that's for sure. And that's without <laughs> the complication of having a child with special needs or a young adult right. with special needs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, this is so interesting to me. Like, I didn't think that's what you were going to say. Like, <laughs> you know, but to have that kind of insight about yourself of something you've always struggled with and to start to see how that plays out in other parts of your life, I would imagine was profound. It It is profound. And I haven't just come to that on my own. It's been through a lot of great coaching. So I shout out to all the wonderful coaches in my life. Amazing. Um, it's really, it's important. It's important work. Wow. So as you're telling your story, I'm thinking, how did you even get away for five days? And I know you love to travel. So how do you get away how did you get away when your living situation was the way it was? Um, how I don't know how many years ago we're talking about when you were in this space. 2012. I think that's right. Don't ask me about years because I don't, <laughs> the funk weird. years are a blur. Fluid, <laughs> um, it was really hard. And I have to say, um, Mark, my husband, he he was very committed. I think he, saw an experience that if I did not do something for myself, things were rapidly going to <laughs> fall apart. And Absolutely. so it was tough. It it was tough, even for those five days. And um, we made it work. We made it work. 
All right. So as this picture is going forward, and again, I find this fascinating because I love hearing stories about where ideas come from and when we as midlife women have enough courage to hear what, what is, what we don't know about ourselves. Like we have to really listen carefully. So you've got this part time baking business selling cookies and muffins and things like that little, um, the little business, and you noted that baking has always brought you joy and it was a beautiful way to spend time with your daughter. You've also mentioned this basically uh, like this budget awareness, this scarcity mindset kind of thing that was going on and how you hadn't been able to really contribute the way you thought you would and everything you contributed in a way that did not have a financial uh, side to it. So then what happened? Because you have this calling, you've noticed these messages, these thoughts, you know that something has to change. So what happened next that connected you to your dream? So I, when I finished my MFA and I turned my thesis into a book and I, I, published that book through a small publisher and I marketing that book was really difficult. I wasn't prepared for how that goes. <laughs> and um I was sharing with my husband in one of our favorite restaurants a champagne cocktail and a a authentic champagne cocktail has a sugar cube in it. And so we were at this restaurant and they served the champagne, I ordered champagne cocktail and they served it and they bring this little sugar cube and I put it in there. And I thought, first of all, it's so, it's such a small joy to see the little fizz (laughs) that happens. Obviously my bar for joy was pretty low, but still. Then I started thinking, oh, it'd be so much fun to make this sugar cube, which I always liked because I think they're old fashioned and they kind of have this vintagey feel to them. And so I started thinking, it would be really fun to infuse the sugar cube, see if I could figure out how to infuse it with different flavors. So I just now, hang started- on a minute. I-, I wouldn't be thinking that. Where did that thought come from? You would because you're an artist. I have just always loved baking and messing around with flavors and and experimenting. And so it was just a big experiment. And I bought different kinds of molds and kind of researched how to do it, experimented with different ways to do it. And I thought that rose petals would be a great place to start because you would get these edible rose petals floating in your champagne or in your tea. And uh, so I started doing that and I started giving them as gifts and people were really interested. And I entered it into a Best of Virginia competition and we won. And that was in 2019. So one of best of Virginia. And after that, I knew I just wanted to turn it into a business. I even submitting something that you made to a big competition. 
is something that a lot of people wouldn't think about. It is scary. This is all so scary. It can be. (laughs) But I also say to, I sit in lots of meetings with groups of males and they'll be talking about, you know, this banking issue or we have to make this decision. And I've said out loud so many times, this is absolutely nothing compared to parenting a child who is having a tantrum, you know, in the middle of a baseball game out in the field and people are staring and you're trying to wrestle her. This doesn't seem like a big deal, guys. And Mm -hmm. so I do think that this is where every single day, I think, what are you doing? You are too old to do this. You don't have the experience. And then I look back and and I've really redefined what experience is. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because uh, I've had a lot of guests on the podcast. And one topic that comes up all the time is transferable skills and how we as midlife women, we're not just older, we're older and wiser. And we don't fully appreciate the breadth of our experience and how it can be easily applied to other, uh, other things, other adventures, other businesses, just so many things. You just don't have the confidence or the ability to see it. Right. I'm so grateful to you for pointing that out and for continuing to talk about it because I do think that's, that is one of the biggest issues that comes up every single day in terms of self-talk and self-work is that you've never done this before. You've never set up email marketing through a company and you stop and you say, everybody's starting. What do you know to be true? Go for it. Do it. You're going to screw it up and then you're going to correct it. And, and you're right. Those transferable skills that we just have so long dismissed or minimized. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's easy to be minimized, especially when, uh, you're not in the, in the job market for so long. So how you're contributing is minimized. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You're, that's it. That is it. So I love, so here you are. So now you have this idea. You won this big competition. This is the sweetest pun intended little idea (laughs) to have these beautiful rose petaled sugar cubes and more, uh, turn into a big business. So when I asked you in the pre notes about what your dream was, You said to have a creative, full-time, wildly successful business that would enable you to pay off some of your debt and allow you to travel. But I did not realize that was a dream because I, for so long, did not, I never really believed in that dream language. I, I really did not because I think for so long, I thought, you are mom. And with this situation as it is, this is what it's going to be. And uh, being mom is wonderful and still my favorite thing that I do. I just didn't realize I could have 
but I could have more. Again, it was that very scarcity-based mindset of you have to choose, you have to do this, yeah. you can't do this. The other thing, though, that I, I find that midlife women don't do enough of is when we are thinking, first of all, we don't dream enough. But when you're starting to think about what's possible, if you get that far, yeah, we tend to not fully appreciate how family life changes with time. Yes. Right. So some of the exercises that I do with my clients is to, you know, literally say, okay, what are you thinking about for three years, five years, 10 years? But we're also talking about the age of your parents, the age of your kids, cash flow with university or anything else that you've got um, targeted to help with. Maybe you had a dream vacation to Go around the world. What year do you want that to happen? And how is that going to affect some of these other plans? Taking into consideration age and stage of loved ones, right? And when you do that, it's easy to see, oh, there is a point where they're out of university. Oh, there is a point when um, somebody's downsized or you just start to see changes in whatever special situation that you were considering for your daughter. It's not the same as it was a few years ago, necessarily, right? Yes. So I yeah. think that just not fully appreciating that also, I mean, I, I didn't catch it. There's been twice now where something was coming up. My kids uh, are in their 20s right. and there was like a year here and a year there that we had no tuition payments. <laughs> like, and I didn't what? see it coming. It was like a surprise. Right. I'm like, hey, wait that a minute. Surprise. What's going on? We don't have anything this year. Oh my God. <laughs> Where are we going to go? <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's so funny. Yes. So, mm. as you're figuring all this out, though, the business that you were thinking about in your mind that was coming more clear, and this is again in your words, it would help people pause to smile and laugh with each other. Like you really wanted to emphasize joy and pause. And I just find that so beautiful, that insight, because that is exactly what you needed. You didn't have any time to pause. Right. Thank you for saying that. That is it. The whole, the whole point for me, these little cubes are metaphors and that it is just a little bit of sweet, a little bit of celebration to just stop and connect with each other. And I also think that there are so many serious things we all deal with. And um, whether it's, you know, aging parents who are ill or whatever situation you have, you can get so, so consumed by the difficulty of it all. And for some reason, I think we have gotten accustomed to believing that if we are, if we step away from that for a moment, or if we laugh, or if there's too much joy, then we're somehow being irresponsible little girls. Because again, we've been socialized so long to believe that. And that's just not true. And I think to really start to practice and appreciate these tiny moments of celebration, at least get us in the habit of believing that 
all this stuff can swirl. It will always be there. It will keep coming. Just because you laugh in this moment does not mean that you're irresponsible, that you don't care about your mom, that you are leaving your kids high and dry. Oh, yeah, that's exactly it. But you know what? Really, when I think back to that moment that I first held your product. So remember, it was in a tea, a gift, a gift that had to do with tea. So there was a beautiful cup and there was a beautiful spoon and there was a beautiful napkin and there was a beautiful box of tea. And then this little can, it's in this beautiful little can came out. (laughs) I looked at it. I was so confused. And then I saw rose petal sugar cubes and I squealed. I honestly made a noise. I had such an emotional reaction to it. Like, I didn't know where it came from, but I so appreciated the guidance, the permission to enjoy a tiny little moment at such a luxurious level. That's what it felt like. Oh, that's so, that is so lovely. And I can't wait. I wish I had that squeal recorded. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it was, yes. it was a, such a squeal. And, and of course the woman who sent it to us, Susan, she appreciated that. Absolutely. But I guess, you know, the irony, maybe it's not an irony because I was attracted to you as soon as I kind of met you online, but the name of the book that I wrote is 50 ways to celebrate life after 50. Oh. So again, are you squealing? And I want a signed copy and just have to get it immediately. Honestly, Susie, this is so wonderful. And the whole cover is festive and celebratory. Well, we're kind of thinking the same thing. It's like, yes, we are. Being in the present moment is so important. And there are so many women, this comes up a lot, that I have heard, and I'm not exaggerating, that so many of us are struggling with allowing ourselves to sit down and read because you can't multitask. You can't do 10 other things. If you're going to sit down and read a book the way you used to when you were a kid, yeah. right? It We just don't allow that anymore. So, yeah. so you're really supporting this idea of the pause. And in my book, I'm in, I'm supporting the idea of celebration and being in the present moment and elevating, right? Amplifying those moments, looking for them. And you're sanctioning one. Yes. Oh, I love that. Susie, I can't wait to to read your book and see all this <laughs> awesome. 50 ways because I love that. And Susan Hyatt, who who sent you that package and is our is our shared friend, is so wonderful about the joy and the yes. elevation of the moment. And she's taught me so much about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was really no surprise that she found your product. And (laughs) uh, I just really was looking forward to telling you about that. I had an actual emotional reaction and, and it just, and I was fascinated with your ability to pursue creativity when you had so, so much going on to overcome and to allow yourself to pursue a dream a dream to have a business that was focused on something that that wasn't traditionally necessary, but was critical. I appreciate your saying that because there were a lot of times in the beginning that I felt I started this in 2018 
And so there were a lot of times in the beginning that I felt like this is so frivolous. Why am I doing this? Why am I spending my time with sugar cubes? Most people are trying to give up sugar. (laughs) And I had to, I had to really go into, first of all, this was, this is just something I, there are days that I feel like I just had no choice. This, I was just so called to do this. And I love it so much. And I love connecting with people through these products. I just, it has been everything to me. I also wanted, it was very important for me to model this, pursuing this dream for Mm. our other two daughters who are, and all three of them, including my husband too, have all worked, have done something you know, in the company. And every time they come home, I think they run away now because I always ask them to do something on social media or something. (laughs) But it has been really important to me for them to see that it doesn't, it all doesn't stop when, when you turn 40, when you turn 50, when your kids leave, you made that excellent point. And you were talking on the podcast your podcast that I listened to today about empty nest times and, and it really does shift things. Hannah has just now moved out. She's 28 and um, it, it does shift things. And it's a time I think when people, when a lot of women sort of um, become more anxious, more depressed, and that is the time to really start listening to yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because there's less for some people, I would say many people, there's, there's less, um, there's more flexibility. So even if all your kids aren't out, even if they're going to be out soon, even if they're coming and going, even if you don't have kids, yeah, because you're more established in your career, unless if you're starting an entrepreneurial gig, that's different. But, um, like for many people, it is a time of more flexibility. Um, but we're so stuck and in it, in the drama, in the spin, in the, I don't know what I want to do. Where's my focus? Where's my passion? Just being like stuck in the muck of the funk that you can't really appreciate the opportunities, right? It's so much easier to focus on what you can't do than what you can do. Yes. You are so right. And just for so long, we're just have become so accustomed to that spin and who am I if I'm not spinning? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yes. Oh, you articulated that so well. Oh, awesome. Well, do you love flowers too? Because the rose petals here are part of the magic, but I know there's other ah, recipes, but do you love I flowers? Do. I do. I love flowers. I don't, I cannot grow them. I cannot, I, but I do love them and um, grew up in uh my grandmother grew all kinds of flowers. So I did. And I, we have a new cue coming out in 2023. What is it? Is lavender lemon. <gasps> and so it is for tea and for gin cocktails. And so, yeah, that's the big, the big surprise for 2023. Wow. So and what are, what are some of the other flavors of the, the cubes? So uh, the second one after the rose petal was 
orange cherry. So that has orange zest and tart cherry juice, and it makes an instant old-fashioned if you use it in whiskey. It's also great in mulled wine. It's also great in tea. And then uh, we wanted to do, I wanted to do one for coffee. So it is cinnamon, vanilla, and a little bit of clove. Mm. And so that's delicious in coffee. It's delicious in oatmeal. And um, yeah, and then our fourth one will come out in 2023. And I've been, well, not intentionally slow, but because, because I have started this in middle age, because I have lots of other obligations, I've had to be patient with the way things grow in this company. Whereas a 25-year-old might have introduced, you know, seven new products in the first two years. I've I've gone, I've bootstrapped this whole thing. And so I have been really intentional about how I've grown. And I love yeah. that. You know, and the way you define success is personal. And for you to protect the lifestyle that you want on purpose is a win, a huge win that gets lost by so many people where you're pushing yourself. You don't really even know what your goals are and how you define success, but you wanted to maintain space for your lifestyle and the things, you know, family time and the things that you really wanted to do. Uh, you had to protect it. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, you're exactly right. It really is. You have to boundary in so many ways. And um, as much as I want this business to grow and the different ways that it is growing, it's these are the critical people, my family and time that's important to me. And I, and I got to protect it. So this is the thing about um, your path. Like people don't really... They say, so many of us say, I don't know what I want. I don't know where I'm going. And we want somebody to give us the answer wrapped up in a tiny little box with a pretty bow. Here's the answer. <laughs> yes. but it's not like that, but there are clues everywhere. So when you look back and you see the kinds of things that you were drawn to, writing, being creative, baking, and now you're in a business that you said is essentially candy making. It's a candy it is making candy. Yeah, it process, is. right? It is candy making. I I have always loved um my my dad was in part of his business when I was growing up with sales. And I've just always been interested in products and I love packaging and that kind of thing. I just love that side of it. I think it's creative and I think it's fun and I love all that. So it it has been this nice marriage of creativity and then actual actual work. I now we have a co-packer who produces our cubes for us. But for up until last year, I made all the cubes, packaged the cubes the whole family would get in there and package them all and ship them out. And so I really, I started it. I learned it. I did it. And I love it. Amazing. And you did so it. You really did do it. So that's been exciting. And I, to design our packaging, I contacted a 
designer in Charlottesville, who is a woman-owned company. And I just called her out of the blue and I said, I have this product. Will you design my packaging? And I have, you know, about $50 in my pocket to use. And she's like, who is this woman? And what are you doing? And it'll cost more than $50. So anyway, she listened to me and designed it. And yeah, so just beautiful partnerships through this business have come. That's amazing. What a learning experience. And how it is just so exciting. So what would your advice be to somebody who is in a funk (laughs) and can barely see their way out? Oh, first of all, call me. I know know exactly what it means. (laughs) I, the first thing I would say, I, I think it's important to learn to be with yourself in some quiet space. And whatever you need to do to make that happen, at least for whether it's journaling or gardening or uh, Susie, you're an artist, drawing, whatever it is, just to take some time and start listening to what comes up. I think that's the, the first thing. And the second thing is, although I don't think I think it's important for women not to always seek external validation, but I am a believer in coaches. I am, I believe in coaching and I love that it's not just therapy, although it is therapeutic, but it's cheerleading and helping you listen to yourself. And I think that combination is, that's what I would say. Find that combination of time to yourself, listening to yourself. And find a great coach, find great coaches because they're all around you. Well, one of them is the host of this podcast. One of them <laughs> is the amazing Susie. And and that's <laughs> no joke. That's the truth. Oh, you're it's sweet. Good. But it's so you know? true. Coaches have really helped me too. And yeah. um, it's finding your thoughts sounds like it should be something that is so easy to do. But when you're in it, it's not so easy. No, not so easy. It's not. And you need somebody to reflect back what, what they're hearing and what that looks like. And it also just makes you not feel so alone in your stuckness. A hundred percent. And that's really one of the main reasons I developed the women in the middle Academy because I've heard from so many women that they feel alone and they really aren't. Uh, their life is not rich with other friends and other like-minded women. This really surprised me, but it's very easy to feel alone when you're stuck because you end up pulling back. You're just not happy. You're not thriving. You're pulling away. And when you immerse yourself in a community of other like-minded women with coaching, like those two things together, coaching and goal setting and thinking about the future and understanding your mind, it's just it's set, it really sets the stage for you to be vulnerable and grow forward. Yes. It's both things because this is hard. It is. It's so hard. And I am not a, I'm not a joiner. Quite honestly, I love the, I love the independent nature of my work and I love creating and, and thinking And 
it took a lot of vulnerability for me to join a coaching group yeah. because I, I really, I thought, oh, these people are going to think I'm so weird. And now they know I'm so weird. They don't just think I'm so weird. They know it and they embrace it. And, and it really, you can start being your authentic self. And then exactly. you, the more you hear, you're just like, oh my gosh, you experienced that too. And you experienced that too. And it's very life-giving. It really is. I I love your story. I'm so glad that I was giddy with joy and followed up with you. Who is this lady that made these amazing little cubes? <laughs> oh, I okay. am so grateful to you for reaching out. This has been a great honor. Well, I don't often have a reaction like that when I open a box. Um, So how can people check out your store, your goods, your website? So we are, we're launching our new website next week, but it is storied-goods.com is our website. And then on Instagram, which is where we mainly hang out, is at storied underscore goods. It had to be different for reasons that you don't care about. Okay, I'll but, put um, I'll put all that information. Yes, in the so show anyway, notes. <laughs> and we love DMs. We love pictures of people using our products and how they enjoy them. And um, we really try to create celebration communities and love to hear from people. Oh, I bet, I bet that you have some gorgeous pictures and recipes and ideas and all kinds of things on that Instagram page. We do. I'm going to get over there immediately because I've only Yay. been on your website, but I've not been on Instagram. So Okay, get on. Instagram. I'm going to get over there. I'm going to get over yes. there right away. Martha, what a delight. I love your mind, the way your mind oh. works, the way you leaned into your creativity and that nudge, that nudge that you wanted to focus on connection and pause and sweetness and joy and the way it came out in sugar cubes. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Well, Susie, <laughs> I, I am grateful for you and connecting with you. It's great to it's great to be with you. I'm so grateful. Amazing. I hope to meet you someday in person. Martha, yes. thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, there you have it, my friends. Somebody who knows how to celebrate the small things and infuse her life with joy. She's figured out a really delightful way to help you do that, too. And honestly, I did squeal with delight. It was the funniest thing. I remember exactly where I was in the kitchen, and it was something. <laughs> so I know Martha shared so much that you can be inspired by, but I want you to really take note of her circuitous route to figuring out her passion. So really, when you think about her business, it was everything from her education, raising a family, including a daughter with a disability, to exploring her thoughts and feelings about all kinds of things, unpaid labor, going back to school as an adult, her passion for writing, baking, packaging, and candy making. And the thing is, that like so many of us, she didn't know. She didn't know that she was on the right path, that the path that she was on was perfect for her. And as she described, it turned out to be a marriage of creativity and work full of everything she cared about, connection, pause, sweetness, and joy. There's no way she could have predicted it. So if you're looking for certainty, <laughs> it's just not there. As much as we want it to be, it is just not there. All you can do is have the confidence and motivation to keep moving forward 
one decision at a time. So think about it. Think about you. Do you have an idea or a sense of something that you want or that you want more of? Is the lack of certainty getting in your way and creating a whole bunch of fear that's keeping you stuck? Or my favorite thing is being confused. (laughs) It's important to think about the results that you have in your life right now, right? So your thoughts have something to do with how you're feeling and what you're doing. And if there's a gap between what you really want and the way you're filling your time currently, there is gold to be mined in there, in the gap. So ask yourself some questions and they don't have to be like complex, super hard questions either. Just start with asking yourself, why? Why am I choosing to do this? Why am I not choosing to do that? Right, you may not be able to get, uh, like to connect with your thought, but just Give it a sneak attack and just look what's happening and ask yourself why it's happening and that will reveal your thoughts. The key part though is to also listen to the way you answer that question. Like don't just say it and move on. Really pause and think about it. That's the gold. And then you get to ask yourself, whoa, well, wait a minute. Do I like the reasons for thinking that way? And if you do, awesome. But if you don't, you also get to choose Uh, If you want to change that, if you want to switch it up, if you want to tweak it, if you want to challenge yourself to really think about what you want and how you're going to get it. One decision at a time. (laughs) That's the way forward. Not having certainty in a big giant plan wrapped up in a bow. Okay. So as you know, this podcast is all about how to love your life again after 50. And it's really about coaching you to be more intentional and to incorporate mindfulness into your life as a regular practice. And mindfulness is the key ingredient to regret-proofing your life. This is how you put yourself on your agenda, my friend. And as you know, my focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck and clear and excited about your life again. Being stuck can be rough, but it doesn't have to mean you're completely immobilized. (laughs) It could just mean that you're not where you want to be in your life in general or your business, or maybe it's the intersection of the two. Another common reason you might feel off is that you're just too darn busy and have no work-life balance. I hear that all the time. The bottom line usually is that you know you're meant for more and you don't want to waste valuable time. So if you're ready to make some important changes and want to be way more clear about what you want and how to get there, I can help. You just have to learn the skills to move forward and you can do that with some masterful coaching, a top-notch curriculum an infusion of creativity, and a warm, fun, and awesome community of like-minded women. I would love to help you create the success you're craving. That's why I created the Women in the Middle Academy. You can absolutely be more fulfilled than ever before. So email me your questions. Don't just sit there spinning. We will talk about it. And you can go ahead and book your momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 298. And if you're interested in applying to be a guest on my new upcoming podcast, Women in the Middle Entrepreneurs, head over to www.midlifeinterviews.com and apply. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week. 